ಶಿರಧೂಷಣಮುಖ್ಯಬಂಧು ಚೇ ಚತುರ್ದಸಹಸ್ರಮಪಾರಣೀಯ ಕೋಹೋಟಂಡಪಾನಿರತಮಾನ ಉಭಾಷಕ್ರಿಷ್ಟ While wandering in the forest where he accepted a life of hardship carrying his invincible bow and arrows in his hand Lord Ramchandra deformed Ravana's sister who was polluted with lusty desires by cutting off her nose and ears He also killed her 14000 Rakshasa friends headed by Kara Trishira and Dushana O King Parikshit, when Ravana, who had ten heads on his shoulders, heard about the beautiful and attractive features of Sita, his mind was agitated by lusty desires, and he went to kidnap her. To distract Lord Ramchandra from his ashram, Ravana sent Maricha in the form of a golden deer, and when Lord Ramchandra saw that wonderful deer, he left his residence and followed it, and finally killed it with a sharp arrow just as Lord Shiva killed Daksha When Ramchandra entered the forest and Lakshman was also absent the worst of the Rakshasas Ravana kidnapped Sita Devi the daughter of the king of Adeha just as a tiger seizes unprotected sheep when the shepherd is absent Then Lord Ramchandra wandered in the forest with his brother Lakshman as if very distressed due to separation from his wife. Thus he showed by his personal example the condition of a person attached to women. Purport by his divine grace. AC Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada. In this verse the words tri sanginam gatim iti indicate that the condition of a person attached to women was shown by the Lord himself according to moral instructions grihe narim bivarajayet when one goes on tour one should not bring his wife Formerly men used to travel without conveyances but still as far as possible when one leaves home one should not take his wife with him especially if one is in such a condition as Lord Ramchandra when banished by the order of his father whether in the forest or at home if one is attached to women this attachment is always troublesome as shown by the supreme personality of godhead by his personal example Of course this is the material side of stri sanghi but the situation of lord ramchandra is spiritual for he does not belong to the material world narayana parovyakta narayan is beyond the material creation because he is the creator of the material world he is not subject to the conditions of the material world The separation of Lord Ramchandra from Sita is spiritually understood as vipralamba which is an activity of the hadini potency of the supreme personality of godhead belonging to the shringara ras 
the mellow of conjugal love in the spiritual world. In the spiritual world, the Supreme Personality of Godhead has all the dealings of love, displaying the symptoms called sattvika, sanchari, vilapa, murcha, and unmada. Thus, when Lord Ramchandra was separated from Sita, all these spiritual symptoms were manifested. The Lord is neither impersonal nor impotent. Rather, he is Satchit Ananda Vigraha, the eternal form of knowledge and bliss. Thus, he has all the symptoms of spiritual bliss. Feeling separation from one's beloved is also an item of spiritual bliss. As explained by Srila Swarup Damodara Goswami, Radha Krishna Pranaya Vikratir Hladini Shakti. The dealings of love between Radha and Krishna are displayed as the pleasure potency of the Lord. The Lord is the original source of all pleasure, the reservoir of all pleasure. Lord Ramchandra, therefore, manifested the truth both spiritually and materially. Materially, those who are too much attached to women suffer, but spiritually, when there are feelings of separation between the Lord and his pleasure potency, the spiritual bliss of the Lord increases. This is further explained in the Bhagavad Gita. Abhajanandima mudha manusintana mashritam param bhavam maheshwaram one who does not know the spiritual potency of the Supreme Personality of Godhead thinks of the Lord as an ordinary human being. But the Lord's mind, intelligence, and senses can never be affected by material conditions. This fact is further explained in the Skanda Purana as quoted by Madhvacharya. It was actually impossible for Ravana to take away Sita. The form of Sita taken by Ravan was an illusory representation of Mother Sita, Maya Sita. When Sita was tested in the fire, this Maya Sita was burnt, and the real Sita came out of the fire. A further understanding to be derived from this example is that a woman, however powerful she may be in the material world, must be given protection. For as soon as she is unprotected, she will be exploited by rakshasas like Ravana. Here the words Vaidehajaduhitari indicate that before Mother Sita was married to Lord Ramchandra, she was protected by her father, Vaidehaj. And when she was married, she was protected by her husband. Therefore, the conclusion is that a woman should always be protected. According to the Vedic rule, there is no scope for a woman's being independent. Asamaksham, for a woman cannot protect herself independently. This morning's reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam begins with the sister of Ravana. who is a very great and powerful Rakshashi and how she was very anxious to enjoy the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Of course we know that the Supreme Lord is the Supreme Enjoyer. 
and we are meant for his enjoyment. Everything that exists within this creation is, ex is an expansion of his divine self. As Krishna explains in the Bhagavad Gita, that this material energy, this spiritual energy, everything is emanating from him. That he is within everything. He is everything. And yet at the same time, he remains the separate cause and source of all that exists. As the sun is the source of the sunshine, and the sun is personally present within every ray of the shine of the sun, but yet at the same time, the sun remains the separate source. So in the same way, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Hari, expands himself into everything that exists, both materially and spiritually. Therefore, everything is simply an expansion of his own self. Yet, he remains the separate source, always independent. That when we come under the control of this material energy, we are forcibly obliged to act according to the three modes of material nature. Everyone in this world who is under illusion is a servant of the senses. But Krishna explains in the Gita, that he is always the independent controller of the modes of material nature. He never falls under the powers of the three modes of material nature. Therefore, Krishna is always the enjoyer, and our eternal constitutional position is to be enjoyed by Krishna. <coughs> Krishna is the eternal predominator, and we are eternally meant to be predominated. Krishna is the master, and we are eternally his servant. And the very root, the basis of all bondage and suffering is when we are not willing to accept our eternal position. When we want to be the predominator, when we want to be the controller, when we want to be the enjoyer. Here we find that Ram, who was the enjoyer of everything, he was being attacked by the sister of Ravana, who wanted to enjoy him. She wanted to fulfill her lusty desires by exploiting him. Of course, as we explained, this entire creation is an expansion of his energy. He is within everything. So factually, anyone who is in this unfortunate condition of being an enjoyer and wants to enjoy any of the property of God is more or less in the same position 
as the sister of Ravana, Suparnaka. We are attacking Ram to fulfill our own lusty desires. When we see an object of the senses and we become overcome with desire to enjoy that, we should know that this is the property of Ram. Just as Ravana was lusty for Sita and his sister was lusty for Ram, there is no difference. Everything is the energy of God. Sita is the divine energy of the Lord. Anything we are attracted to in this world for our own enjoyment, we are taking the position of Ravana and his sister. We want to be the enjoyer of the Lord. Therefore, Krishna consciousness is a consciousness which is utterly opposite of what is propagated in this material world. In this world, from the day we are born, we are taught that the goal of life is to enjoy. People are educated, sometimes 20 years in school, being taught that through this educational process you will enjoy. This is a grand illusion. Therefore, Bhakti Vinod Thakur explained in his beautiful song, Vidyara Vilase, that I have labored for so many years in school and I have studied and studied and studied so many various literatures and the conclusion of it all is that I have become a foolish ass. Because all I've been taught is how by this process I will enjoy. This is material consciousness. But Krishna consciousness is teaching the very opposite conception. That you are meant to be enjoyed. People, whatever they do, they have a very strong inclination to be glorified. But this glorification, it is like tying a rope around your own neck to strangle your own spiritual propensities. Because our natural inclination is never to be glorified, but to glorify. To glorify Krishna. But unless you take the most humble position, you cannot glorify another with your heart. The glorification of this world when one person compliments another it is not real glorification, it's more of a business transaction. That I'm saying nice compliments to you because I know in the process I will be complimented even more, either by you or by someone else. I'll get something very nice out of it. We are complimenting someone else thinking that through this process what I get in return I will enjoy. So it's not at all glorification, it's just an expression of our own ego. But Krishna Consciousness, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, teaches us In order to truly glorify God, first you have to take a completely humble position. 
You have to expect no honor for oneself, not even respect for oneself. Honor is one thing, but respect is another. We all feel that we are entitled to some extent of respect in this world. But a devotee of the Lord cares nothing even for this. A devotee simply doesn't have time to think of how I am respecting. He's too busy respecting everyone else. He's too respect, busy offering respect to every living entity, seeing the Supreme Lord, the enjoyer of all of his life within their hearts. This is Krishna consciousness. To be conscious of Krishna everywhere and in everything and to glorify him everywhere and in everything. And to be his humble servant and to seek ways to give him enjoyment in every situation in life. That is the transcendental position of consciousness. What do we care what our position is as long as Krishna is enjoying? Whether we are in a prison house or whether we are on the top of the Himalayan mountains, wandering free, or whether we are in the city with thousands of loving devotees, or whether we are on our deathbed. If we are acting for Krishna's enjoyment, then we are peaceful, we are transcendental, we are joyful. We are not considering the condition of our own body, mind, we are not considering the condition of the surroundings around us. We are only considering one thing. We only have time to consider one thing. How is Krishna enjoying? How is Krishna finding pleasure? How am I offering my consciousness in grateful devotion to his lotus feet? If that is what we do, we are giving him enjoyment. By accepting his mercy with a grateful heart and offering whatever much or little we have in his devotional service, he will enjoy, he will find pleasure. And that is our business, to give him pleasure. But if due to a certain situation which is undesirable, if we become morose, what does that mean? It means only one thing, that we think that we are the enjoyer, that we want to enjoy the situation. But if we're truly living for Krishna's enjoyment, then there is no power in this world that can disturb our consciousness. Therefore, this is the true state of spiritual awakening. Not to be God, but to only be thinking of how to please God in every situation of life. We see Hanumanji his only thought was how to please Ram. He just didn't have time to consider anything else. When he was being attacked by Rakshashas and Rakshashis as he was crossing the Indian Ocean, he didn't have time to deal with them beyond what was just required to go on with his business. Even when that great mountain, the Mainaka mountain, came out of the sea to give him a resting place, 
please be comfortable and joy. He wasn't even, he couldn't consider his own enjoyments or comfort. He could only consider one thing, Brahm's mission. Therefore, because he was so much engrossed in fulfilling the desire of Sri Ram, he forgot any limitations, what he could do or what he could not do. Not only that, but Hanumanji, he was so immersed in the urgency to fulfill the desire of Ram that he fulfilled perfectly what Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita. That such a great soul, he does not know what is happiness or distress, honor or dishonor, pleasure or pain. This may seem impossible because these <laughs> influences are so overwhelming when they come upon us. But Hanuman showed us that if you're so much busy for Krishna's enjoyment, you simply don't have time to think about these things. It is not some mystical secret. It simply means to be fully engaged in devotional service with your body, mind, and words. And on the other hand, we have Ravana's sister. She was just the opposite. She wanted to enjoy Ram. Therefore, the conclusion was her nose, her ears were cut. She had to suffer great humiliation. Everyone is humiliated in this world. Whether you are Mr. Hitler or Mr. Napoleon, Mr. Churchill, Aurangzeb, the greatest conquerors in this world, they are all embarrassed by growing old, getting diseased and dying. Ultimately, they are defeated. And it's very humiliating for someone who is a conqueror to be defeated. But who is not defeated in this world by the force of time? And it's most humiliating and painful. This is the situation. In the next verse, we find how Ravana has kidnapped Sita. And then Shukadev Goswami explains that Lord Ramachandra, he is showing us through his pastimes many wonderful, wonderful aspects to be understood. One is that Lord Ram's divine nature is to always increase the pleasure of his devotees. Sita is his ultimate supreme devotee. Therefore, to experience the divine sentiment of love and separation, he allowed Sita to be stole by Ravana. And we find how Sita was simply calling out the name of Ram in utter absorption day and night, with tears flowing from the core of her heart. And we find how Ram, Chandra, how he was just wandering like a madman through the forest, calling out the name of Sita, looking for her here, there, and everywhere. So in this way, it is not that 
these things happen by accident. Sometimes Ram allows the demons to appear to be victorious, to appear to be under control. Actually, Sita was captured and she was imprisoned by the influence of Ravana. People ask, if a devotee is really a nice devotee, how is it possible that such a person can be overcome by demons and put in prison? Huh? Some people ask like this. If they ask like this, there are so many examples up to the point of Sita herself, who is none different than Sri Radharani. How she came under the control of the demon Ravana and was in the prison of Sri Lanka for one full year, practically. So sometimes Ravan, or Ram, allows the demons to overcome even his purest, greatest devotees. But for what purpose? It is described here by Shukadev Goswami that there are two reasons, categorically. One is a spiritual reason. And that is to increase the feelings of separation, to increase the love between the Lord and His devotees. That that feeling of separation only served to sweeten the Leela of Ram and Sita. Love and separation, although it is very difficult to endure, it is the sweetest form of love. So Ram allows the demons to take away his devotees only to increase the love between the devotee and himself. And the other reason, as explained here, is to give a moral lesson. That on the material platform, not material, but on the more practical platform of life, one should not become attached to the opposite sex. Because as soon as you become too much attached to the opposite sex, by the laws of nature, you will suffer. It is described in the Bhagavatam that when man and woman become attracted to one another, a hard knot is tied within the hearts and that knot is very difficult to undo. And from that, one's attachments expand and expand and expand. Attachment to the body, attachment to, to the relatives, attachment to children, attachment to wealth, attachment to prestige, attachment to family animals, attachment to property. And it just goes on expanding throughout your life. This is the condition. At the same time, in the Grihastha Ashram, we must know that one can have relationship with a wife or with a husband, but together we are cultivating attraction to Krishna, not attraction to each other. To the extent we are attracted to each other without finding 
Krishna as the middle. After all, how can a man and a wife in Krishna consciousness not be attracted to each other? Even two god-brothers are attracted to each other. We're not talking about a sexual attraction, but we're talking about attraction to each other's very lives. In our relationship with our friends, our god-brothers, there's an attraction. Without that attraction, there's no love and trust. So similarly with a wife, how can you say there will be no attraction? If she's your god-sister or he's your god-brother, how can there not be attraction? But that attraction is not that I am the enjoyer. That attraction is the attraction toward not an object of sense gratification, but toward a devotee of God. And therefore, the relationship is always situated in service to God. This is the formidable rule of the Grihastha Ashram, which maintains its sanctity, is there must be this agreement, there must be this consciousness that we are ever together for the only purpose of glorifying Krishna, of serving the mission of our spiritual master. But of course, the tendency is to become too much attracted. And Ram Chandra here is illustrating that if one becomes too much attracted, then one must suffer. It is said in the Srimad Bhagavatam that when we become att attracted to the features of the opposite sex, all the miseries of the material world follow right behind you, like a tail on a dog. The dog might run and jump and do everything, but he can't escape from his tail following right behind. Correct? So similarly, when we, be, when we become attracted to the opposite sex for the purpose of sense gratification, all the miseries, anxieties, and sufferings of material nature inevitably follow right behind you like the tail of, like your own tail. So therefore, this is a great lesson that Ram Chandra is teaching. And through his divine example, through understanding by the um, explanations, the purports of the great acharyas, there is so much deep, deep knowledge and inspiration that comes from each and every one of these wonderful pastimes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, by reading the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Ramayana, with the commentaries of the great souls, uh, we can continuously learn on a very practical level. We can learn in a way that's applicable to our everyday life. The secret message of the Lord's Leela. And thus by participating in his Leela, by hearing the commentaries of the great souls, 
we could learn to live a life which will always progress in purification toward loving sentiments toward the absolute truth Sri Krishna thank you very much is there any questions Thank you.